You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick. Okie dokie, squigglies. I yield to no one. I am recording. And Troy. episode 368 i'm your host this week alex and with me as always i have the man that did a fantastic job of hosting 367 he is one of the happiest ohio state buckeyes fans you'll find it's i yield to no one you know i have to admit we you you can you can ask homer gets stuffed we were sitting around thanksgiving table and we were talking about the game this weekend and everybody we're all like you know what I just don't see it happening. We haven't played consistent enough all year to to win this game. And I, I had errands to run. Kind of wasn't going to watch the game because, I, you know, I just – nothing would tick me off more than getting beat by the team up north. And as I'm doing my errands, my phone – I got this app on my phone. My phone keeps going off, and I keep looking at it, and I'm like, holy cow, we're winning. Holy cow, we're winning. <laughs> and, then, and the next thing I know, it's like 62 points. Holy cow, we actually played a game. So, yeah, yeah I, 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 I couldn't, be ex- couldn't be ecstatic right now. Y'all didn't just beat them, you dusted them. Yeah, and, and, and like I posted on social media, all those years that, that John Cooper had a really good Buckeyes team, and he couldn't beat the team up north. They always slacked them. This makes this win that much more sweeter because they were they were fourth, fifth or fourth, depending on what poll you were in. We knocked them out of the, the Big Ten title game. We knocked them out of a shot at the college football playoffs. We, we could go into the Big Ten title game and get rolled by Northwestern. I'm still a happy camper because the team up north can't go. Yeah, and uh, the University of Kentucky, my alma mater, they drubbed University of Louisville in our rivalry game, the Battle for the Governor's Cup. So uh, it was a good weekend for our college teams. It was. was, And you guys should be going to a pretty good bowl game this year. You've only lost, what, two, three games? Three games. We're eight and three. So we've only... um, So you should should get a decent, decent to fairly good bowl game this year. Actually, we might be nine and three because I think we were eight and three before we beat Louisville. And then we won, so I think we're nine and three. Which, if you don't follow Kentucky football, which why would you unless you live in the state of Kentucky? Kentucky never does good in football. No, so, they they were what like almost they were tenth one time. I mean, we're usually for a while there, like back in the nineties, we would lose to Florida like seventy to seven. Yeah. So uh, it's gotten better. I mean, Rich Brooks hit the era of Rich Brooks. I mean, they did have some really good teams and some really good players. But with Kentucky, I mean, you've got a cap on your ceiling because. You're in the SEC, so you're always going to be going up against Georgia and Florida. Alabama and LSU, and it's it's just kind of hard. Uh, it our is. three losses this year were to Texas A&M, uh, Georgia, and Tennessee. We lost twenty four to seven Tennessee, which I don't understand because Tennessee is not really that good this year. But so, uh, are, are you guys going to your conference title game, or no? You you, you weren't that good. If we had beaten Georgia, we would have been going to the conference title game. Ah, okay. but we didn't beat Georgia. So you'll still get a good bowl game now. Oh yeah, and as a UK uh, fan, uh, a bowl game really—I mean—you can't be unhappy with that because 
well, we don't often go to bowl games. I was going to so. say, you guys normally aren't playing in January, end of December, 1st of January, so. Nope. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of Kentucky because, I mean, you know, all you ever hear about Kentucky is basketball. So it was nice for the football team to, to you know, they, I, I think they were 10th or 9th at one time in, you know, the AP poll. And it's like, wow, that's excellent for them. Yeah, because we were undefeated for a little bit. We would have been like, we were like maybe 6-0 and or something like that. We were 5-0, and and then maybe we lost a close game to Texas A&M. But, um, yeah, they gave us our first loss, unfortunately. But we need to move away from the college football talk to get into what we all really want to hear about, which is video games Vigia and specifically games. PlayStation games and trophies. Yes. Yield, why don't you update everyone on your trophy count for this week? So I'm a level 27. I believe if I looked at it, just wake my phone up. I think I'm at 67%, 63%. So I'm, I'm on the, the downhill heading towards 64%. Uh, level 27. Sorry, heading towards 28%. Mess that all up. Anyway, level 27. Trophy count of 5613 and a platinum count of 86. And here in a couple of weeks, I'll probably be at 88, 89. I was going to say there, you might be heading towards catching me, because here coming up soon, I'm not going to be playing a whole lot of uh, PlayStation, but uh, I did get a new Platinum this past week, so we'll, did we'll you, go into did, that. Did, 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 did you get what you said you were going to get? Uh, I posted it in um, the Platinum Guild, so I don't know if you saw that. I, I can't remember exactly what you were talking about. Uh, what you said last week, or the last time we recorded... That you were probably going to get. System wise. Yeah, wait, what? The last time we recorded, you said you'd probably pick yourself up a system. Oh, yes. Yes, I did. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a house gift for the holidays. So. Ah, that's even better. Yes, and we got um, we got a bundle with it. Actually, I'll, I'll tell the, the story real quick because... <clears throat> Friday night we went out for, um, you know what? I'll save that save for it. one of the topics we got because yeah, yeah, yeah. Black Friday is one of the topics. So uh, there's your foreshadowing for the week, folks. Uh, but my trophy, I'm level. Uh, my trophy count as of this week, level 31, 6,805 total trophies and 101 platinums in 100 games. So I got officially my 100th platinum, at least as far as unique games goes. Awesome. And what? What's your new platinum? Flipping Death. Flipping Death. Was that one of the uh, games you got for uh, uh, the, the Halloween sale? The Sale of the Dead? Sale of the Dead. It is, yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Flipping Death is, is one of those games where um, it's kind of a mix. It, it looks like the world, at first, like when I first saw it, it's like, wow, that looks like Psychonauts. I thought it's like, this looks like an aesthetic that Double Fine and Tim Schafer would do. Uh, it's somewhere like it, the the world looks like, and the characters look like kind of like cardboard cutouts, and then they also have like this. There's somewhere in between the Simpsons and the uh, the characters of Psychonauts, so the visuals are somewhere between the two, and it's also got this inherent goofiness and charm, which you would expect from say the Simpsons or from Double Fine games. So like immediately, I was drawn to this game more so than most, because really like the visuals like. The pictures that I can see of your game and everything, like, that's what's going to draw me in. Um, but yeah, so uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more um, coming up. 
Uh, Tricky, according to what he has written here on the agenda, is a level 39 with 9,734 total trophies and a platinum count of 116. Again, that does not jibe with PlayStation... um, um, Profiles. Oh, yeah, PlayStation Profiles. How could I forget the name of that website? Yeah, it doesn't jibe with PlayStation Profiles, but uh, Tricky has shown us the picture of his actual count, so we don't know when those are actually going to populate. Um, yeah, that, 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 that is true. He hasn't synced everything up yet, but what he has typed in here jived with the picture that he's shown us. I don't know why people wait. Like, Donnie used to do this, too. He used to wait to sync his trophies. I'm like, I'm, I sync after every single trophy that I earn. Just about, or when I'm done playing, I sync it. Yeah, I mean, I will do that sometimes, but a lot of times I'm going to just, because, you know, we've all had a PlayStation or a video game console die on us, and I don't want to lose that progress, so, and even if, you, I mean, when the trophy pops, if you just press the PlayStation button, it takes you immediately to the synchronization screen, and you can sync it in less than 10 seconds, so why not? Steve is a level 15 with 2,089 trophies and a platinum count of 11. Finally, Sid who dominates us all, level 35, total trophy count of 7,988, and a platinum count of 139. You know, tricky for all that talk about catching Sid is 23 behind Sid, and given the rate that Sid goes at... In and the, pace, the lead is 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 uh, lengthening. Yeah, I mean, Sid's going to be at 150 before Tricky gets to 120. So, yeah, Sid's, Sid's got a stranglehold on that platinum count lead, so... I don't ever foresee him seeding no. that no. unless unless he decides to, you know, buy an Xbox and stop playing the PlayStation. Then yeah. maybe a tricky will catch him. But it's going to take something drastic to get the crown off of Sid's head. Mm-hmm. So, I mentioned a little bit before, before I get into Flipping Death and what that's all about, Yield, how about you tell me about what you're playing? So, uh, one of the freebie games this month from PlayStation, from PlayStation Plus is Burly Men at Sea. And I saw it on sale. I don't know. It might have been last month or something. I thought, you know what? That game looks kind of interesting. Wasn't and this the game that Tricky told you was terrible? That's what he said. And so I, I, you know, it's free. I picked it up, but I downloaded it for my Vita because I'm like, you know, I want something to play on my Vita, and it works great on the Vita with the touchscreen. It's it's real quick. You can you can play through a story, maybe 15 minutes, half hour tops. So, I've, I've, I've been playing it on and off all weekend. I got myself down to where I only need one trophy for the Platinum. And I'm kind of, kind of going to hold off and, and get the Platinum on a certain day. But I've, I enjoyed my playthrough. The only, the only annoying part that I have is, is when you get to the end of the story, it's all kind of the same. You know, the path that leads you there is different, but the ending is kind of all the same and you can't skip it or or make it you know move along faster and like you're like okay i already know what happens this is my fifth time through so slightly annoying i really enjoyed it for what it was especially since it was free it's it's a nifty little game kind of makes you think i mean it's not like hard puzzles but it kind of makes you think on okay what do i need to do to advance the story differently so I've been playing that. I jumped back into some Rocket League. So hold, hold on. Before before we go into Rocket League, okay. you know, I'm always skeptical when people say, 
well, it's a good game for what it is, or it's not that bad. If that's the best thing you can say, is it really a game that you would recommend people spend their time with? Because, you know, you say it's free, and that's a good point, but at the same time, you're still spending your time to play it when you could be doing other things or playing other games. So is it really a game, Minute C, is it something that you would recommend people actually spend time playing? Because time is a pretty valuable resource. If you like those indie-type games, I would say absolutely. If you're not a fan of indie games, I, I, I wouldn't make this your first foray, for, foray? Into, foray is correct. Into indie games. I've played a few. Like I said, I watched the trailer, was kind of interested in it, and and I gave I gave it a shot. I enjoyed what I played. Um, like I said, it's short, so if you're wanting something a, a little bit more meaty, lengthy, this is not your game. It's, it, would, it would be an excellent game for those of you in larger cities that have to commute or may have a short commute, you know, or your carpool. Like I said, 15 minutes, half hour, you've played through a story. So it, it, it's excellent for something like that. I played it on my Vita. I, I haven't delved into it to see how it works on console. It works great on touchscreen because you just kind of drag the screen one, you know, your, your, your three characters, the bearded brothers, are all, you know, kind of in the center of the screen, and there's a circle around them. So you touch the screen, and you drag one way, and the circle kind of expands out, and when it gets all the way to the other side of the screen, then everybody kind of starts walking that direction, you know, until, until you get to the object or the thing that you're supposed to do. So I like the whole touchscreen aspect of that game that worked very well. The only thing I would say is I would caution you because you kind of lump all indie games together and they're not really all the same because Bold Boy is an indie game and, you know, Flipping Death is too, but they're not the same style of game. So, like, that's the only thing I would say is indie game isn't really a designation or a genre. So, like, I don't know. Like, what style of game is it? Uh, it's a side-scroller. And I guess you could say puzzle solver, but like I said, the, the puzzles aren't overly hard. Once you, all the trophies are associated to a different path of of the story, and um, so uh, I'm trying to explain it without ruining a lot of it. So you know, so like you, you go to this one part. And the, the very first part of the game, you, you find a bottle in the sea. And it's got a map, blank map. And the guy goes, well, you, you kind of write your own tale. You know, you just have to sail the sea and find out. So you, you go off the sea, and you get swallowed by a whale, a la Moby Dick. And then, and then from there, there are a few choices that you can make to get out of the whale. From there, it takes you to the next part of the story. And then... You can make a choice, and there's branching choices from each choice. Does this make sense? Yeah. And then, and then, so needless to say, there are trophies associated with every choice along the way. So you have to, as you're trying to get the platinum, you have to figure out, okay, so I've gone here. What choice do I have to make to try to go over here? And what you know? And then they all kind of lead back to one endpoint. So, 
and I've enjoyed that aspect because none of the none of the choices of well, okay, I have to, you know, I, I've made this branch. What do I got to do to make the other branch? None of them are overly hard. Yeah, I mean, it, I think as long as you make the choices matter, because in one of the games I played recently, Pinstripe, which I talked about a few weeks back, uh, you make choices, basically your responses to characters can be either pleasant or dickish, for lack of a better term. I guess I should, I could have said unpleasant, but basically you can either be nice about it or you can be a dick, tactful or a dick. But in the end, there are how, based on how you react to people and how you respond, you get one of two endings, a good ending and a bad ending, and there's really not a ton of di- – it doesn't really matter that much. So if you're going to put choice in a game, it really needs to matter or it's why did you put that mechanic in the game at all. Uh, and you you said um, that you jumped back into Rocket League. Yes, so I jumped back into Rocket League. Uh, I'm still debating about about actually getting the Rocket Pass. I think I got to the 26. So um, because I've I've been playing online and I've been seeing what I uh, of the of the freebies and I put that in quotation that I would get for being the premium member of Rocket Pass. And I'm like, man, does that justify 10 bucks? So I'm trying to decide that. But I, I was just messing around with some Rocket League, something to do in between shopping and before I go to bed. And then I also uh, played some Burnout Paradise Remastered. And I've got myself down to where all I got to do is just get my Elite License and I'll have that Platinum. I've got all the other trophies. Nice really, done. Thank you. And that's really all I've been playing this weekend. I meant to restart Red Dead this weekend. And I just, I, I didn't get to it. Let me let me ask you, the Rocket Pass, what does that entail uh, for our listeners who may not know what's in there, who may not play Rocket League? Okay, so so I, I didn't really pay attention. I know we talked about it on the show. And I, you know, we talked about it, we gave our input, and then to be honest with you, I put it in the back of my mind, forgot all about it. So you and I were doing the uh, the clubs, and it kind of got me back into playing. I needed to get my certified item and you know, all that stuff. So I started playing more, and that's when I started playing during the Rocket Pass. So everybody who plays online, you, you're, you're, as you rank up your level, that kind of is associated with your level for your Rocket Pass. So there are two, if you go to the Rocket Pass section of the game, there are two lines. There's, you know, kind of a teal line. That's the rocket pass. And for every level you go up, you get something. Whether it be a car, whether it be rims, gold, the decipher keys, skins, engine sounds, whatever, antenna toppers, topper for your car, all this stuff you get for, for ranking up playing online. If you're not a member of the Rocket Pass, but you play online anyway, every, like, three levels, I think it's three levels, you get something for free anyway. So it's not like they're hosing people who didn't want to spend the ten bucks. So I've I've been playing a lot online lately, and I've been seeing what I could get. You get a, you get a free car at level one if you're a Rocket Pass member. I think I just got up to, like, level 16, which was an engine sound 
that you unlock. I've already unlocked possibly a new goal scorer. It was, it was a supernova. And I thought, man, you know what? I might just drop 10 bucks on this just so I can collect all that stuff that I would have gotten. Because I like I like different goal scores. So and yeah. and a new a new car body wouldn't be bad either. Well, in Rocket League is one of those games where the monetary investment. I mean, a lot of people got it for free. I had to buy it because I, I didn't have a PlayStation Four at the time, so I wasn't you know collecting the free games for PlayStation Plus. But you know, it's a game where they give a lot of free updates and a lot of content in those updates. So you don't you haven't really had to put much money into the actual game. So spending ten bucks for Rocket Pass really isn't that bad of a deal. Like considering how much enjoyment you get out of it and the lack of like really that you haven't had to spend much money for it. You know why not go a little crazy and spend that ten dollars on the Rocket Pass? Oh yeah, and if you like like this weekend, they did a really good thing. I, I played for like I said a little bit this weekend. They had double XP. And double crate drop rates. So they had like a special crate this weekend. It was a, it was a player choice crate. So the, the rate at which it dropped was doubled. And your XP was doubled on top of that. So here this last push at the end of the rocket pass, they gave you double XP. So I thought that was pretty cool. And, and if you kept playing, because I like, I glanced way ahead. I went up to like level 60 and all that. To see what you get, kept getting with Rocket Pass, and some of the stuff kind of, kind of like keeps recycling. It may be a different color of the rim that you got earlier. Your car that you get at level one now has like a different spoiler to it at like level thirty. Your supernova goal score that you got at like level fifteen, when you get to like thirty or forty, it's a bigger supernova reaction and then like level 60 it's even you know three times as big so and then like the level 70 on up they hadn't released yet but i'm just like wow that's way up there but i'm I'm trying to make up in my mind if it justifies the 10 bucks for what i've earned so far I say go crazy. Spend money on Rocket League and support Psionics. And, you know, you... 70 is a... It's like looking down from base camp at Mount Everest because I believe I'm still in the 20s. Yeah. I think and I hit... I'm at 30... 35, I think. Okay, I think I'm hovering around 30. But, yeah, I mean, 70, that's, that's bonkers. Because usually... You know, I, I did, like, during the Trophy War a couple years ago, I did play, I guess it's getting on three years now. Um, no, it'd be, th- it'd be two years. Um, I played a lot of Rocket League because it's the first time I played it, I got the Platinum. But Rocket League's just one of those games that I come back to every now and again, so I don't play it in big chunks. I just play it here and there. Um, like, a, like, a, like a mouse grabbing crumbs. Usually, a lot of times, it's coming back when they have an update and release new trophies, but... I like it. I I would like to at some point organize a tournament with either just those of us on staff or against the Horedom or whoever and do like, I don't know, a doubles tournament or something like that to where you know we all just get together and just play. 
I think that'd be cool. Why not? So, Yield, if that's all you have been playing, sir? That's it. I will tell you guys a little bit more about Flipping Death. Again, it's my latest Platinum Trophy. Platinum Trophy 101 out of 100 in 100 games. Finally gets me across that barrier that I tried to get so many months ago before Tricky. So, Flipping Death, it's a re- I got it during the uh, Sale of the Dead, and it's a really cool game. I like it a lot. Um, basically, it's it's kind of a, um, a puzzle game. It's it's kind of 2D, so um, but the, the graphics make some of the elements look 3D. It's, it's a really weird visual style, and I definitely encourage you, uh, everyone, to go look at it because it's very, very um, eye-grabbing, and it kind of just draws you in. So it's like you see the art style, and it's like, okay, I want to check what this game is about. Because, like I said before, it's kind of... It reminds me so much of Double Fine's work, but also The Simpsons. And if you play it, or you you see a trailer for it, you'll see what I mean. But basically, you have... uh, Each chapter is a different section of the town. And you um, are... Basically, you are a character that has accidentally died. And you are now taking over for death. Because death needs a vacation. Death wants to go to the moon because there's no one on the moon to die, and he doesn't want to deal with that for a long time. Uh, but basically, the entire game is you going through these chapters. Now there's an overall problem you have to solve, an, over an overarching narrative. But within the levels, you basically have to tra- have to help spirits that are st- still trapped on Earth uh, complete their final goals to in order to release themselves off into the afterlife. So you're basically helping the dead solve their problems. By inhabiting the living, you have to collect uh, kind of soul currency in the in uh, in the de- in the world of the dead, and from there you can go inhabit people um, in the in the living world. So basically, I explained it before: is that the plane of the screen it shifts horizontally, so it basically does a 180. So you can go, you can flip it from the dead to the living, pretty much any any time you want. Uh, and it's, like I said, the, the most appealing thing about this game is the art style, but it does have some puzzly elements to it because you have to figure out how... It's basically each chapter is one big puzzle, and you have to do like certain missions along the way, hidden challenges, but also um, there are main goals that you have to accomplish to finish the level, and you basically have to figure out how to use all the characters, all the living people within the world, to solve all of the uh, challenges within that level. So you base it's basically like, kind of like an adventure game, but it, it basically every single person in a chapter in that section of the town plays a role, and you have to use them in some way to get to the final goal, and you just have to figure out how to use everybody, uh, their special talents, like whether it's a chef, whether it's a logger, um, whether it's a little girl who likes to bite things, uh, whether it's a doctor with uh, an AED. You just have to figure out how to use everyone in order to get to. Uh, and their special talents in order to get to uh, the to finish the final objective. Uh, it's a it's a really cool game, and one of the best things they did in the game is because you have to move from soul to soul. Um, it allows you once you've inhabited a person or talked to a, a spirit in the dead world, you can um, um, you can basically teleport, fast travel to everyone. So you can go press like circle to go to bring up the map. And then you can fast travel to anyone you've talked to or anyone you've inhabited, which makes everything, because you're moving back and forth across the world to try and solve these problems and uh, finish these objectives, 
it makes everything so much better. So the art style, um, the puzzles are really, they, they kind of stuck me a few times. Um, they're not super easy puzzles, um, not super hard, but I did find myself getting stuck at times and I had to go to the internet to figure out what to do. But overall, it's a really awesome game and I definitely would recommend people um, playing it. If uh, Zoink is the, the developer, they did Stick It to the Man. So if you know what Stick It to the Man is, if you've ever heard of Stick It to the Man, then this is a not the sequel, but it's another game uh, by that same developer. So check it out if you like them. But yeah, uh, it's a game about death where you inhabit the living to solve the problems of the dead and allow them to go into the afterlife instead of being trapped on Earth with um, um, tasks unfulfilled. So it's a really cool concept. It was executed very well. The art style's great. The music's great. The sound design. And the characters are all super charming. So like I said, it, it, it still reminds me of a Double Fine, Double Fine game, even though Double Fine had nothing to do with it. So definitely check it out. Check out Flipping Death. And, you know, to be honest, it's an easy platinum. Um, PlayStationTrophies.org has uh, it ranked as a 2 out of 10. So it's an easy platinum and it's an enjoyable game and you'll laugh quite a bit because uh, the dialogue's quite funny and often absurd. So I would definitely highly recommend that game. Excellent. It sounds fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one of the many highlights across the first five years of the PlayStation 4's life cycle. That's right. Last week, I believe it was the 15th of... Yep, 15th of November, the PlayStation turned 5, its 5th year anniversary. Uh, and kind of, you know, in lieu of news this week, we're getting closer to the holidays, and it's our chance to, you know, come up with our gift guides and what we're playing, what we're planning to buy for our friends and what we want to buy for ourselves during the sales. We just had Black Friday sales. So I figured this would be a good time for you and I just to talk about what are some of our favorite games and features from the last 5 years on the PlayStation 4. Um... Neil, do you wanna do you wanna start off with a, a certain game that really, uh, or a couple games that really, uh, kind of stick out in your mind as far as the PlayStation Four so far go? Well, for me, I guess my my, my top few favorite games on the four would be, uh, I would say Rocket League is a game that you that I always kind of come back to to play uh, when when the guys are together. We always end up playing because it's it's a fun. It's fun to play on your own, and it's even fun to play co-op, couch co-op, whether you're playing against the computer or, you know, you're, you're playing against, you know, online. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. Horizon Zero Dawn, totally out of left field and absolutely a phenomenal game. And uh, what I've played of it, even though I'm going to restart all over, stuff I missed... I would say uh, Red Dead 2, because it just it's it's what I've experienced. I can already tell it's going to be a massive game. So I would say those three games off the top of my head would be ones that I'm just like, those are my favorite. Um, Feature-wise, yep. feature man, I don't know. Here, I would, let, me, let me give you a, uh, an example of something that I, I can think of right off the bat. Okay. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is a game you mentioned. It's one of my favorite games for the system. It got a lot of love. And as you mentioned, it came out of left field because the developers, Guerrilla Games, they were known mostly for Killzone. So when they came out and showed footage and media for Horizon Zero Dawn, which was this kind of open world game where you were fighting mechanical creatures, you had a bow and arrow, you had this fiery red-haired heroine who kind of reminded you of 
Noriko, although a little bit more tactful than Noriko. Um, it was it was a big shock because it was a complete departure from what they had done before, and it looked fantastic. Even though they were stepping into a completely new IP, I mean, we should give Guerrilla Games credit. They're a quality Ab- developer. Absolutely. So it shouldn't surprise us that they could switch switch on a dime like that and uh, switch tracks and, and move on to something else. But one of the coolest features to come out of that game and a lot of the other games during this generation, Uncharted Lost Legacy, Uncharted 4, um, was photo mode. Like, I love the photo mode in those games and, like, just playing with camera angles and playing with filters and, like, capturing special moments and set pieces from those games is one of my favorite things to do. I spent so much time in photo mode in... um, Horizon Zero Dawn, like, hours. I even mentioned it in the review that I wrote for PG. And also, like, I love taking pictures in Shadow of the Colossus. Um, and, and, like, the the whole feature where you can, uh, on the, the left side of the PlayStation controller, where you, the share button where you can actually save screenshots. Like, that's another feature that I love. The ability to take a screenshot of what I'm playing, whether it be, like, some impressive set piece from Uncharted or whether I'm climbing on the back of a Colossus and taking it down... I love so many the the ability to just take a picture in mid game, and I I have the uh, the lake where Hydrus the seventh Colossus actually lives his lair I have that as the desktop to my um, or my wallpaper I should say to my PlayStation home screen, so like the ability to take pictures within this um, this new generation or the current generation has really been one of my favorite things because I love taking pictures. I can see that. I I never got into photo mode. I guess because I was just wrapped up into to playing the game. I mean, I can definitely understand that because, like I said, I spent hours in photo mode, and I you know a lot of people that would take them away from the game for too long, and you know they may not want to to mess with it a whole lot. I will say that Uncharted Four, like I took a lot of screenshots, I took a lot of pictures with a share button. I didn't necessarily use the. Um, the filters and everything in photo mode, but it was definitely something I used with Shadow of the Colossus and Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, so I definitely echo your sentiment on Horizon Zero Dawn. I, I think it's a fantastic game. And Rocket League, uh, one of my favorite multiplayer games of all time. I have said that it's the best multiplayer game ever made. Um, obviously, Super Smash Bros. is another great one. But I, I really love Rocket League because I can play it almost endlessly. I can always come back to Rocket League. It's just so fun, and Psyonix has, de- has um, supported it with so much content even after release, and it's still going you know, strong after three years, which is incredibly impressive because a lot of games just would move on um, looking to, you know, games have a certain tail to them. Rocket League's tail has been pretty unprecedented, except within, you know, like maybe the Grand Theft Auto community or like the Call of Duty, but even with Call of Duty, you have a new game almost every year if not every year, so that community just kind of moves on, except for, you know, a small band that kind of stick. But, um, other games that I really think, you know, I didn't play, I haven't played Red Dead, but, you know, some other games, you know, I I think the Ratchet and Clank game that was basically a remake of the original, you know, based on the movie, I I definitely... The game based on the movie, based on the game. Yes, I I love Ratchet and... That's a great catch line, I will, I never get tired of saying that. I definitely, um, 
really enjoy. I, I mean, I love Ratchet and Clank. Um, I just love that universe. I could probably, as long as they space the games out, I could probably play those games for the rest of my life. But it was a really well-made, even though I had played the game before because it was basically a remake of the original game, they tightened it up by taking out some of the planets, and it was still just a fantastic experience, not to mention that it looked beautiful. Oh, it looked amazing. I did miss I did miss some of the uh, the space travel. You know, on some of the earlier games, how, how you could fly planet to planet, or you had more spaceship battles, so to speak. See, I'm more, when it, Ratchet and Clank, I'm more about the platforming and actually being on a planet and shooting at things and collecting gold bolts. Like, that's what I really like. The space stuff, not so much. I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. As, to me, it felt like, kind of like a, like a side mission. You know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, this, this, you know, this, this is a little breather from the platformer before we go back into it. Uh, maybe I'm just different. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the platforming, but I was like, man, I would have liked a little bit more of the, of the, of the space shooting. You know, like when we were taking down the the Blargian battle cruisers, picking up the robots and flinging it at them. I enjoyed stuff like that. Yeah, and a lot of the things that happened on the PlayStation 4 like really hit it in nostalgia, like Shadow of the Colossus. It was absolutely gorgeous. Obviously, the best version of that game, which is my favorite game of all time, and I didn't really figure out it was my favorite game of all time until I went back and played the PS4 version because, God, is it gorgeous and still amazing to play. It's not even, like, after figuring out how to beat each Colossus, the game's not really hard anymore, but, I mean, you can challenge yourself with time attack mode and everything, but... Overall, the game becomes much easier, but it's still so much fun to play. And, you know, you've got other games that, you know, kind of came back from the past, like... Sorry, you'll put on, I forgot about the game I was going to talk about. Oh, like the Crash Bandicoot uh, games, the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Those games look fantastic. Activision, they, uh, they did, Vicarious Visions, they did a fantastic job bringing those to the, to the current gen and to, um... A new generation of people who had never played Crash Bandicoot, or even people who were lit, you know, were gamers back in the PlayStation N64 days, but never had a chance, or you know, just didn't play them because maybe they were an N64 household. So, I mean, they definitely have hit on nostalgia with games, with remakes like you know Crash Bandicoot and Shadow of the Colossus, but they've also come out with you know a lot of really good games. You know, brand new games like you know, well, the continuation of like God of War and Uncharted Four. So you know, those all like even though I haven't played God of War, you know, there's enough um, a fervor around it and ardor for that game that I can certainly respect that and recognize that it is actually a really good game. And Uncharted Four, you know, I was one of those people who said Uncharted Three that was the perfect ending. How do you go, you know, beyond that? It was kind of like the Disney ending where everyone rides off into the sunset. Well, I will say that Uncharted 4, like, even with, like, the little small things they did at the, Uncharted, at the end of Uncharted 4 with, like, the pictures from, like, of the characters from the first game where Nate and Sully and Elena are all standing by the crates on the dock at the end of the first game, and they've also got the music, like, softly playing in the background, all the little touches they do bring a perfect in, like, a circular... Um, going back to the beginning like it all brings everything to a perfect ending so like 
Uncharted, like Uncharted Four, like it's not my favorite game in the series, but I definitely think the ending was was definitely worthy of Uncharted, and Naughty Dog did a fantastic job bringing that to the end. I agree. Although I like I, I agree with that, it's, it's not my favorite in the series. I like two. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would say. Like I mean, what like two? I would definitely agree. Like, what's some of the things that like? Because I'm mostly about like the story for me and like the high points, like Elena nearly dying, like that really touched me. And Lazarevich, to me, who was the most effective villain in the series. Oh, absolutely. Um, but like, what were some of the things like about that game that really um, that make it your favorite game? Probably it, it it probably reminded me a lot of Indiana Jones, and you know it you've you're you know you're exploring, you're you're finding treasure, you've got these amazing set pieces. I I still remember, you know we're in the I remember from the first game we're in a jungle, and you walk up and there's this submarine protruding out of a river between two waterfalls. And it's like, how does a German U-boat get into the middle of a jungle? My friend, I think you're a little confused because wasn't that the very first game? That was the very first game. But um, you you and me... The, as, sec- as, the second as one far- was more... The second the- was more like the Blue Yetis and like... Yeah. You met, you met Tenzin... And uh, you're more like in the Himalayas, the, the, and the, the like, se- you the, were in the caves. The, the second one, you've got it, it was the set pieces. You had the train battle with the helicopter, which was phenomenal. The puzzles seemed more. I would want involved, probably the wrong word, but the, the, the puzzles just seemed bigger. As as in, you know, I have to go here to do this, and go over here to do that. And it and it was a greater it was a greater challenge. That to me is is my favorite game. You know, like you said, Lazarevich is the is the bad guy in all four of them. You know, he it, there was no topping Lazarevich. Um, well, I mean, even when we talk about Uncharted Two and how good it was, I still think that Uncharted: The Lost Legacy doesn't get enough credit because it has some of the most impressive set pieces and gorgeous looking visuals of any game in the series. And I know, you know, Tricky has argued before that it's not an Uncharted game because it doesn't have Nate, Sully, and Elena. But even still, I mean, it you know it introduced Nadine. It also, well, I guess no, Nadine was introduced in Uncharted Four. Sorry, I played Lost Legacy before Uncharted Four, so I often get that mixed up. But you know, it had Nadine, it had Sam, and it had Chloe, who we really hadn't seen Chloe since Uncharted Two. So that's a tie back to Uncharted 2 right there. Yeah. But that game was so well done and such a joy to play. And it's a shame because, like, the whole mysticism and, like, the mythos they go into, like, going into India, that that game I don't think got enough credit for how good it was. The only thing I will say is I hated the chapter about the Western Gats. I do not like open world sections, like, big map, big map sections in Uncharted because part of the appeal of Uncharted is the ability to you know, go treasure hunting, you're a treasure hunter, and to have to, like, basically search that entire area for trophy, or for, um, like, trinkets and and treasures, it's super annoying for me, and a lot of times I don't really know where to go in those sections, 
So moving from uh, you know areas of the game where it's very clear where you have to go and very linear to a giant map yeah. where you may not n- like know where to go or you have to take a lot of time to figure it out, it's kind of annoying. Well, see, th- th- now this is going to sound like I'm, I'm uh, flip-flopping on what I'm saying. I, I, I have said in the past on this show, I like Uncharted 4. I absolutely love the pirate theme and and the abouts of of getting there, you know, globe trotting, finding, following pirates to find, you know, this lost pirate treasure. But what I the thing that that made not Uncharted Four rank up there higher for me was that it felt way too much like The Last of Us with those open world segments. Now that being said. I did enjoy the Madagascar part of the game where you were in the Jeep and you were kind of driving around to all the watchtowers. And I know that kind of sounds like I'm, I'm flip-flopping because that's an open-world part. But I enjoyed that part of, of you know being in a Jeep and driving around and using the Jeep to help kind of solve some of the, some of the stories, you know, the tow hook and stuff like that. Yeah, and some of the things that happen in the game with the tow hook, like where you're falling off the cliff after, you know, you slide in the mud and the yeah. rock comes down and pulls the tree, like the tree's roots out, so you're, you know, swung off the, through the mud and off a cliff and you have to use the winch to pull, pull yourself, yourself back up. up. Yeah, yeah, and like the, when you first go up, to like one of the later chapters where you like come up upon a ship graveyard where there's just a bunch of galleons all over the place in like uh, an inland cove. Or right off the island, like that is amazing. Like that's an amazing sight. And going to Libertalia and going to the different pirates' house and seeing how everything fall fell apart. Yeah, and it's going to Captain Avery's house and everything. Like that, seeing that unfold and going to the dining room with all the the pirate skeletons, that was fantastic. Um, so they definitely had some really cool set pieces in there. I feel like they scaled it back from the other games, like where in Uncharted Three you were hanging out of a plane. Over the desert, that and, was awesome. And, like you were like there was a jeep hanging out of a plane, and you had to fight your way up. So I think they scaled it back, but I definitely think that Uncharted Four, as well as the Lost Legacy, definitely uphold the high quality that we've come to expect from Uncharted. Absolutely, and Lost Legacy, I haven't played it yet. That's on my to do list next year. But I've you know I, I've heard really good things of it, and I and I think why like we we said it when it, when you got to the end of four. That Uncharted will carry on. It's just not going to carry on with Nate, and I and and I'm fine with that because that story has ended. But you've got other characters that you can create a story with. So I'm 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 a, I'm excited to to go through with Nadine and Chloe. Yeah, and you know we we talk about more current. We've been talking about more current games, but also like. We have to remember that the PlayStation 4, you know, when it first came out, and every console comes, you know, has this issue where there's just, like, people are like, there's nothing to play. There's maybe one, two games to play. It happened on the, the 2. It happened on the 3. It certainly happened on the 4. And, you know, Shuhei Yoshida, a couple games that he mentioned early on for the PlayStation 4 that were exclusives were Rezogun and Until Dawn, and both of those are fantastic games. Rezogun's kind of like a side-scrolling um, sci-fi shooter, except, you know, instead of moving, like, from one point to another, you're moving around a cylinder, so you're going in a circle. But that was a fantastic and intense and incredibly fun shooter. 
And you've also got Until Dawn, which was a like masterpiece of narrative work. You know, a horror game set on a mountain where a group of friends lost two friends the previous year, and your choices, you know, determining who lives and who dies, and tying in like totems and Native American mythology, and the actual like creatures that were in the game, all of that was married very well. The like, the characters were all very believable, and you know, you you came to like them, you wanted to save them, and you know, that game just. I, it's one of those games that I always mention to people when people say, hey, I got a 4. You know, it's like, okay, well, Spider-Man's good, God of War's good, but you really need to play Until Dawn because it gives you an experience like those games cannot. It's it's a narrative experience, and even though it's not quite as gamey, I guess, as people would say, as Uncharted or, say, an Assassin's Creed, it's still one of my favorite games of the PlayStation 4 because of the trip that I went on. And just like I said, the whole mythos and the ability to basically decide who lives and who dies through the story. And they do throw you a couple curveballs in there, so you think you've got things figured out, and then nope, no you don't. So I will forever trumpet until dawn. And you know, Shuhei Yoshida was one of the guys who actually got behind that game quite big, and you know, he's like, hey, no, we do have games for this, we do have good exclusives. Look at until dawn, and he's exactly right. I will say, yield that if we're talking about you know games early on for the PlayStation 4. Yeah. One of the disappointments that I did have yeah. was The Order 1886. Now, I still enjoy playing through it, but... You know, I enjoyed it. Knowing what that game could have been, I don't even really care about how short it was. Knowing what that game could have been afterwards and thinking about it, like I think it's one of those games that needs a sequel because Ready at Dawn, like great developers, they've done a lot of stuff for the PlayStation family consoles over the years. I think they made a great base to build upon. Absolutely. The series, but I think that un- that the order kind of fell short of what everybody wanted. Even though like the concept was there, the ideas were there. I guess my biggest gripe, or the big the thing that I found most disappointing about that game was that it was a game where you were supposed to be like a monster hunter, but you spent most of the time fighting against other humans. And really, the monster's involvement was kind of very limited. You do have a point. I think it, it made it more dramatic when they came around. Um, and I do believe that the ending of the game left it open for a sequel. And, Absolutely. And I, I second your thought on wanting a sequel. When I finished the game during the Trophy War, I'm like, sign me up. I want another one. Because th- th- this story is far from over. Yeah, I don't know. I just think when I heard, maybe my expectations were set incorrectly. Like, when I heard about the game, basically, like, you are in Victorian London, and you are fighting hunting monsters. That to me, like I, it's like okay, I want to, I want some badass guns, and I want to fight werewolves. I want to hunt vampires. Like I want to hunt all these monsters. You know what? Throw Frankenstein in there, maybe. I want to see all of those characters. Maybe Frankenstein, not quite the the most appropriate thing for that, but like, I want to, I want to fight werewolves and I want to fight vampires. I don't want to fight. There was a story to the game, and having more human antagonists in there definitely fed that story and served that story. But in the end, 
I just, you know, I wanted to go in there and fight monsters. And it didn't feel like you were a monster hunter, so to speak. It felt like you were just uncovering this conspiracy. And I feel like that wasn't, more so than the game's length or anything like that, I feel like that was not what we were sold on. And even, you know, some of the chapters, I think, were just entirely cinematics. So some of the chapters you didn't even play through, or you didn't really have control, it was just you watching a cinematic. I got you. It's been a, it, it's been a while since I since I played it, but I I still I liked it. I want a sequel. Hook us up, ready at dawn. Were there any other games to yield from this generation that you'd like a sequel to? Because we've got The Last of Us Two coming out, and that's definitely going to be one that I want to play because The Last of Us is a great game. But you know, is there anything else that you'd like to have a sequel to on the PlayStation Four? Hmm. You know, I've always wanted. Um, I've said it several times. I've always wanted either another siphon filter game, or a reboot. And I, I can't really think of a of another game. I'll, I'll, as soon as we're done recording, it'll come to me. Yeah, I. Uh, of, of, they tried. They tried this on the on the three with Twisted Metal. They tried to bring that back, and they even had David Jaffe behind it and the original creators, and it just didn't work. I would like to see a Twisted Metal reboot, or at least another good Twisted Metal game because two was good, Black was excellent, and then the Twisted Metal for the PS3 just wasn't very good at all. So, I would like to see them redo Twisted Metal because it deserves. I mean, people went cra- people went crazy for it at E3 when it was revealed. They had the ice cream truck come out and everything. So, I, I would... We're probably not going to see it because the Twisted Metal for the PS3 did not do very well. But I think that's a game that deserves another shot. Oh, yeah. Maybe PS5. Yep. Exactly. So, is there anything in particular, aside from that, uh, Siphon Filter, is there anything you want to see from the PlayStation 4 going forward and in the future before we move on inevitably to the next generation? I, I have been a fan of this generation of IPs out of the norm. You know, you know, uh, No Man's Sky, even though it kind of fell flat on its face to begin with, it's got it, it's got some legs now. People are really liking it. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, you got uh, Days Gone coming out next year. And I know that's kind of along the the zombie train that that we all seem to be on right now. But Firewatch was one of your favorite games Firewatch, this generation. Firewatch was one of my games of favorite of this generation and that was not a very big game. Campo Santo did an incredible job with that game and their next game all what is it? Valley of the Gods looks, you know, just from the teaser trailer looked really good. Um, definitely a cool name too. Like that's a striking name. It is Valley it, of the Gods. Yes, it's uh, has to. You would you would probably like this one too. Has to do. It's set in, uh, probably the twenties or thirties, and they're going through Egyptian temples or pyramids, temples, Egyptian pyramids. So, I do like ancient Egypt you, quite a you bit. You do like ancient Egypt, and I was like, "Ooh, just from the trailer, are pretty cool." And they're now part of. Oh, why am I drawing a blank? 
they're mainly known for computer games. I'm drawing a blank. But, um... They, they're part of of that group now. But that, that game's still in development, and I'm excited for it. But I, I like games out of the norm. I, I like developers when they, you know, when they're known for this. And you know what? We're going we're gonna to try something over here. You know, instead of going with the same old game, that's what I like. And I, I, I would like to see more of that. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I mean, I was reading, uh, there was an article on the PlayStation blog where uh, 23 developers picked some of their favorite games. Um, and, you know, I'll just, you know, a few games that I really enjoyed from the PlayStation 4 that don't, you know, haven't gotten a ton of credit or weren't really mentioned a ton on that blog post. Uh, Apotheon, which was a game, like, street, steeped in Greek mythology, which it looked almost like the, the pottery. You know, like the pottery where it's kind of uh, got, like, um, Oh, God, how do I describe it? It's got, like, the light, almost yellow-orange color to it, but, like, the characters and the things are, like, red and black. Okay, yeah. I mean, the visuals looked like... The, the visuals basically looked like they were from Greek pottery, um, which, it was a beautiful game, and, like, you got to fight some of the Greek gods. And it was a very take on different take on Greek mythology because we had fought, you know, through the Olympians with Kratos... And this was very much different from that, uh, and it was definitely, definitely enjoyable. Um, it was one of the first games I actually played on the PlayStation 4. Uh, Murder, Murdered Soul Suspect, very underrated game. Oh, that was, oh, I should I should have had that down as one of my favorite games. That was phenomenal. It, it did not get anywhere the love that it should have gotten. That, that, I, that was a really well-written game. Yep, uh, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time was a really fun game as well. Hellblade send you a sacrifice. Get give out some love for that and, the, and how well they did the psychosis um, for that game and just making you feel like the voices were talking to you and just kind of putting you through the ringer because of course Senua was trying to track down her lost love and go through hell and it was it was a great game. I, I think that um, it was it was very different like the the boss fights and the way they branched the game and how they set it up it was all very different and the finale where you come with in video games there's an expectation of a very like the it's going to end this way like you get to the end of super mario land and you're going to fight bowser this game definitely turned that on its head and it was a very like dark and gloomy ending but at the same time it was masterfully done it's really the only way that game could have ended because I, spoilers, there's really no way to have Senua go into the depths of hell and come back out with her lost love's soul. Like, you just can't do that. Yeah. So the way they actually do it, they don't give you the happy Disney ending. It's actually very grim and depressing, but it fits very well within the context of the story and the mood and tone that they were going for. So they did an excellent job with that game, especially, like I said, setting up the psychosis and, like, making you feel just the gravity and the weight of all the voices talking to you and actually the task in front of you. So uh, definitely uh, quite a few games for the PlayStation 4 that impressed a lot of people. Bloodborne got a lot of mentions. We all know how I feel about Bloodborne. I you know I understand why people like it. It's just me myself. I will I will never play another Souls game because that was like, that was literally like going through like being Senua and going through <laughs> hell. I, I, like, 
I can think of some experiences on the PlayStation 4 that I did not enjoy, even though I have the Platinum, and that is Helldivers and Bloodborne. You know, I know those di- those games have their respected communities that love those games. I like it's basically just like dragging me through hell. Like I like sitting there and just hitting my hand with a hammer. Like I just don't want to play those games again. Which you know, Tricky mentioned that hell that Hell Divers has more trophies, and he asked me if I was going to play, and I said, "Fuck no." You said, "Nope." I'm not playing that fucking game. I will go play in traffic in a busy street in downtown Louisville before I play fucking Helldivers another second. Been too much time. Too much. That that 100,000 kill count. So we've been talking about a lot of games here for the PlayStation 4, and as you listen to this, we're a couple days removed from Black Friday, even from Cyber Monday as well. Yep. I know I did some shopping on Black Friday. Yield... Why don't you share with us what you, any purchases you made from this past weekend or anything you plan to buy in the coming week for Cyber Monday? So I, uh, I got, I picked up Wolfenstein 2. Um, I picked up, even though I suck at fighting games, I picked up Dragon Ball Fighter Z because I love me some Dragon Ball. So, and I was able to pick up, I uh, got Shadow of the Tomb Raider. The, 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 those were the, the three games I picked up for myself. I picked up some other games, but those were Christmas gifts. So, I won't mention those on air. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Very good. Well, I'm assuming the people that they are gifts for would be listening to this show. There's a possibility of at least one. So, yes. But I was... I, I wasn't able the, the one game I was really looking to pick up, and it was my own fault. I got wrapped up in other in other stuff. I wanted to get Shadow of War, the definitive edition. It was it was twenty bucks at Best Buy. Come to find out, a couple of days later, GameStop had it for twenty bucks as well, even though it was not advertised very well. I just happened to be bruising through the website of all the stuff that was on sale, and hey, look, there it is. Oh, it's sold out online nice so I missed out on that and I was going to pick up Detroit Become Human because it was 20 bucks as well and they were sold out of it as well it kind of shocked me I walked into GameStop uh, Thanksgiving night and it was like a half hour before they closed and I'm like well hey I'm here to pick up some games so I'm like, I want, I want two of these games because I'm, I'm, I was getting them for Christmas presents. They're like, we're sold out. All we got are digital copies. I'm like, okay, well, I like Detroit Become Human. We're sold out. All we got is digital copies. I'm sitting here. How many games did you have in stock? Like three. You know, I was gonna say it, Yield. I know you love your physical copies, but you know what's never sold out? Digital. Digital codes. That's all right. I went home and was able to place an online order the next day, and I I got me my physical copies, but I'm just like, wow, I did not really expect to be sold out of certain games. Now, did you re-up your PlayStation Plus for another year? Yes, I did. I picked that up. Uh, They had it for 40 bucks, so I'm like, that's a good deal, so I grabbed one. Haven't entered the code yet. I'm good through 2020, but I'll probably end up doing that here in the next few days. Did you? Did you grab yourself one? 
Oh, I did. Uh, 40 bucks for PlayStation Plus, $20 off. Basically, you know, chopping off a third of the price. I, I definitely got that um, as soon as I as soon as I possibly could. Um, I actually didn't think about it until Friday night, but I bought it from the PlayStation Network, and it's great because that way I, I prefer to get it through the PlayStation Network and Sony as opposed to getting it from a store because I can just sign on, go to the PlayStation Store. They had a big advertisement that said, PlayStation Plus, thirty nine ninety nine. Absolutely. So yeah. I did re-up my PlayStation Plus until two. It goes until July two thousand twenty. Now. Ah, well, that is good. Absolutely. Um, so what? So what? What were your Black Friday purchases, gaming wise? You know, PlayStation. They've got their Black Friday sale going on on PSN, and I did put the Gold Edition of Assassin's Creed Origins in my cart. I haven't purchased it yet. But I think it's thirty nine ninety nine for the gold edition, which is pretty good. Um, I do, as I said before, I do love Egyptian mythology. So, like being able to play in ancient Egypt, I said for a long time was the the thing that could bring me back to Assassin's Creed. I have it's been over a year now since it came out, or around a year, and I still haven't bit. So, I've always wanted to get it on sale because I'm I'm frugal and. That's one of the things I love about PlayStation Plus is getting big discounts oh, yeah. and, and, and games for free. The, the Gold Edition, now that's got the season pass, correct? I believe so. I would assume so. It's the most expensive edition. Okay. I, then then you probably got the season pass then. But I, I didn't buy it yet. It's just my cart. So I'm still trying to... I think the sale goes into the 27th, so I'm still trying to yeah. decide if I actually want it. I think you got till Tuesday morning at 11. Because. 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 One of the other purchases that we made was a house present for the holidays, Ooh. and it's another console Ooh. that we got bundled with a certain mascot, mascot kart racer. Now, there's a story behind that, because we went out on Black Friday, and we went we went out to eat. Uh, Ash and I actually had a, a date night. Well, actually, no, it was we went out on Thursday, not on Friday. So we did Thanksgiving with my parents. And then we went back, hung out with the family, and then after that we went to Target because we were looking, uh, you know, to see what they had. So we picked up um, Deadpool 2 on Blu-ray because I love the Juggernaut vs. Colossus boss f- or fight in that scene. Sorry, let me say, let me speak that. Let me say that again because I love the Colossus Juggernaut fight in that movie. I it's something I've been waiting for since X Men: The Last Stand. They didn't give it to us. And they definitely delivered in Deadpool 2. So that was on sale. Got that for $9.99. I got it for, well, $9.99, 9 bucks. Um, and then we also picked up a, uh, an, a new Nintendo console with the, uh, we actually went there to buy it for the Mario Kart bundle, but we were not able to get it. They were all sold out oh. by the time we got there. So we picked up a regular one. Uh, we got a Joy-Con as well as a, a Legend of Zelda, just like cheapy controller. So we, uh, I'm buying as a house gift so we can all play Smash Brothers. I really want to play Smash Brothers. And you know, Ashley wants to play Mario Party. I would love to play some Mario Party. And Luigi's Mansion Three is coming out. No, folks, you have not moved into an episode of Dual Screens, but you know. We I will be playing quite a bit of Nintendo here coming up in the future. What about what about Zelda? I'm not gonna buy Zelda. Like <gasps> I, You're not gonna get it. Nope, I'm not. I don't even know if I'm gonna get Mario Odyssey either. 
which I mean, people are probably. I'm not. <gasps> uh, you know, you know, I'm I, I'm okay with not getting Mario Odyssey. I'm I'm still with with, with 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 a new Luigi's Mansion coming out, and I've played just about every Zelda game. Um, you know, one more awesome Nintendo game, exclusive Nintendo game, and I might be like, you know what? I need to go buy a Switch. Sorry, Ashley was just pointing out that I'm not the only person that lives in this house, so she might want to play Mario or Zelda, so we actually might be getting that. Okay. Um, well, if you do, you'll have to give me your opinion on it. Uh, I don't know. Like, for me, the whole, like, open-world Zelda thing, like, that kind of turned me off. I know that it's got great reviews, but for me, it's down on the totem pole for the games that I actually want to buy because, you know, there is a finite amount of resources to buy things. Um, but going back to the story, so we picked up the regular bundle, or just the console itself. Now, did you get, not to sidetrack you, did you get just the solid gray one, or did you get the neon one? Uh, we got the neon one. Okay. With the, the, the blue. The blue and red, and, or reddish. Yeah. Okay. And I did get another Joy-Con, the pink and green one, which I thought was really striking, Ooh, so I like that. I don't know if I've seen that one. It's nice. It, it, it looks pretty. It sounds interesting. It looks about as pretty as a Kentucky win and an OSU win this past weekend. Oh, well, then that's perfect. So we we get um, I can't aside from Deadpool two and um, the console itself. I really don't think we bought much on Black Friday. I did uh, re up my PlayStation Plus, but so we go um, we go out for um, on Saturday. We went out for. Uh, brunch because Friday night we went out um, downtown Louisville had light up Louisville so they they had a big Christmas tree and like lights all around the city that they you know Santa came to town and he and he pushed the big button and like lit up the city so we went to that on Friday night Saturday morning we went out and did brunch and then we figure okay well uh, we have to actually one of the controllers that we got was actually had been opened and some of the pieces from inside were missing so we were taking back the controller just to replace it. Well, lo and behold, we get to the electronics department, and I actually asked one of the guys back there on Thursday night, hey, you guys going to get me more of those Mario Kart bundles? And he said, probably not. I think it was just a Black Friday thing. Saturday morning, we go in there, and guess what? There is one Mario Kart bundle left. I run up to the electronics desk. There's a lady up there buying stuff. I, After he's done you know, helping her, I talk to him and say, hey, I want that Mario Kart bundle. He goes and gets it. The exact same lady comes up behind me in the aisle and says, oh, are you getting that one? And I said, yes. And it's not even the situation. Like, sometimes, you know, like, you'll feel bad because you know the other person wanted it. But in this situation, I'm like, no. Yeah. I got this. I eyed it. I, I, I will not fight you, but I will fight you for this bundle. I want that. Um, so, and it was actually the very last bundle they had. So. Score. I need to return the regular one that I got, just the console, but we were able to get the Mario Kart bundle without even being, you know, skipping Thanksgiving or spending the night out in a tent outside of a Best Buy. We were able to get the bundle just by walking into a Target on Saturday morning after a very nice brunch. So you got to really enjoy when life kind of turns out that well and you just kind of hit your stride like perfectly in a situation. Yes, that's always nice. But other than that, I did some furniture shopping last night because big old house and I'm tired of not having a ton of furniture in it. So I did do some furniture shopping last night after we put up the tree or one of the trees we're going to have this year. 
so yeah, I mean, pretty much a new console was the big purchase from uh, from our Black Friday. Uh, one of the actually, the Target that I got the bundle from actually got two Smash Brothers bundles in. But guess what? Both of those went to employees. They oh. bought them up, and one of the of employees course. actually, tr- one of the pl- employees actually tried to take it home and play Smash Brothers. It's like, dude, it comes out December seventh. You're going to have to wait. They're not going to let you play that game yet. It was probably a downloaded one, wasn't it? It wasn't a digital. It was a, it was a digital code. Digi- and I'm okay. assuming, yeah. I'm assuming the bundle that we bought will have a digital copy of Mario Kart, which, to be honest, is fine. You know, you you like your physical media, but with two kids in the house, I feel like having digital, like a, a copy downloaded to the console where they can just scroll through or amend you is much better than having a small cartridge which they could lose and or break. Yeah, well, with the Switch, I can see the advantage of more digital copies, especially with kids. And to be perfectly honest, I'm kind of feeling some trophy fatigue right now. I know the the podcast is called Trophy Horrors, but after Bull Boy kind of broke me, because that's one of the other independent games that I bought for the Sale of the Dead, you know, it's got glitched trophies. I literally have played through the game six or seven times, to try and get these last two trophies that I have done the requirements for, but they're just not popping. And it kind of it makes me realize it's like I've spent so much time playing this game with no result. You know, it's a game I would play once and be happy to play once because it's, it's a good game, it's enjoyable. But to play the game that much, it's like, what have you been doing with your time? And what is, what's the result? So it made me, it gave me a little bit of a trophy fatigue, so... I kind of want to step away from trophies for a bit and not worry about having to get 100% in a game and just play like a game like Smash Brothers or Mario Kart where I want to unlock characters. I want to unlock items, you know, skins, costumes, stuff like that, mini games, whatever. I don't want to have to unlock trophies though. I don't want to have to play through a game five times to unlock one trophy. I don't want to have to play on every difficulty just to get five separate trophies. I don't want to have to play through a game three times to collect all the collectibles. I just don't really want to do it at this point. I, I understand that. I, I really do. Because Yield and I play games very differently, where Yield will play through a game once, maybe twice, and then step away to go play other things. I will literally just put my nose to the grindstone, or my axe to the grindstone, and just try to plow through that one game, maybe two at a time, and I will just focus, and it's like, I cannot move on until I get yeah. platinum. Yeah, you, yeah, that... That that is true. I I will, I will unless I am thoroughly involved in the game. I like I, I absolutely loved it. I do. I will bounce around. I I will play it until I'm like, eh, you know. I did that with Mad Max. I started off with Mad Max. I played it for a while. Put it down. I pick it up. I put it down. And then when I got really when I knew that I was, you know, I'm really close to this platinum. Okay focus on Mad Max. And I kind of did the same thing with Horizon at first. I'd play for a little bit, and I'd set it down, and I'd go over here and play this. I'd pick it back up, and then finally I'm just like, you know, I really should focus on this game. And when I did, I played nothing but Horizon until I got to Platinum, but you are correct. I do do that. Will Yield, unless you have anything else to add do you hmm not at the moment 
All right. Nothing. Nothing. You're looking forward to on Cyber Cyber Monday. Anything you got? Because you said you were looking I, for the ads. I I, I was. Uh, none of the prices that I've seen so far. I've just kind of glanced at a couple things, and I might look tomorrow when I get off work. Um, are are for anything that I was looking for this past weekend. Like I said, I was, I was looking for Detroit Become Human and Shadow of War Definitive Edition. Which I haven't been able to... Well, um, I'd also like to get on Rush. I was really looking forward to that game. And I did see that that was on sale at Target. But by the time I saw it, it was in-store only. You couldn't order it online. And I'm like, I'm not driving 45 minutes to go get one game. So... That's the beauty of Digital Yield. That, well, they didn't offer it digital on that website. Well, yeah, you you mentioned that, but I love being able to wake up or download a game while I'm at home and comfy instead of having to get in my car and drive to go buy a disc. Yeah. Oh, it's magnificent. It is. It is. I, I see the advantage of it. I just, I like my physical copies. I don't know why. Maybe it's the nostalgia in me. Well, right about now, I'm getting a little nostalgic for Sophie's Trophies. And as always, we're going to toss it across the pond, across the Atlantic, to our main man, Sid, who is going to share with us what he's been playing for the week and give you all the tips you need to get all the trophies. Hit us up, Sid. Hit us up, Sid. Hey, guys. How are we all? Sid again with Sophie's Trophies. Uh, This one is 56, guys, and it is is Castlevania Symphony of the Night, uh, which is the second part to the Castlevania Requiem uh, trophy list. Now, this game, guys, um, it's probably best known for being the first Metroidvania. Um, And I have to say, guys, it is the best Castlevania game that I have played, although I have to admit I do like Castlevania Lords of Shadow. That is a completely different game, to be honest. Um, Let's get straight into it, guys, for the trophy list. Um, There are a few little trophies that can be a little bit tricky in this game, guys, but I'll do my best for you. Um, The first one is Close Associates. This is Defeat, Slogra, and Gabon. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but that's how I'm calling it. Uh, It's a 72.2% common trophy, guys, and these are the first two bosses in the game. You fight them at the same time. You're generally pretty underpowered, uh, which is the only reason it's relatively difficult, to be honest. Um, It's easy enough to learn the pattern, so you shouldn't have too much trouble defeating them. Um, You are tearing me apart, Lisa. Uh, This one is a rare 43.2% trophy. Saw through the deception of the succubus. Um, Now, this comes into uh, part of the game where you're trying to get the proper ending and the inverted castle. Um, More of that in a bit, guys. But uh, you need to defeat this boss. Um, She is a witch that you meet later on in in the game. She pretends to be your mother who is burning at the stake. um, And you have to defeat her for her deception. And for that, you will get the gold ring, which you need to open up uh, the path to the second castle. What could it be? Obtain the holy symbol relic, 
that allows Alucard to travel freely underwater. This one is a 40.7% rare trophy, guys. Now, you know, this game does make me laugh. Um, the rare symbol that allows uh, Alucard to breathe underwater. Bearing in mind he is a vampire. Um, and I'm imagining really a vampire doesn't breathe because he's dead. But anyway, the uh, Holy Relic is a snorkel. So, yeah, so basically find the snorkel so you can go swimming. Let the bodies hit the floor. Defeat Grand Falloon or Grand Falloon. This one, guys, a 42.9% rare trophy. Now, best boss in the game, guys. Um, he is a gigantic ball of bodies. Um, and as you hit him, bodies fall off him, uh, land on the floor and attack you. Um, it's easy to do. Uh, the boss is huge. Um, you have to hit the bodies enough so they all break away and you can attack the central core. Dracula's Curse. Defeat the zombie versions of Trevor, Cypher and Grant. This is a 30.7% rare trophy. Sorry for the pauses. I had to wait for it to scroll across. Um, you do this in the inverted castle in the Colosseum area. Basically, go through that in the inverted castle and you will find those three and uh, defeat them, you will get this trophy. Continue Simon's quest. Defeat all the classic Castlevania bosses and obtain Dracula's relics. Again, sorry for the pause, guys. 29.2% rare trophy, this one, guys. Um, as you go through the inverted castle, you need to get the five relics of Dracula. They are held by these five bosses. Um, you need this to finish the game properly, uh, to take on Shaft and Dracula. Um, Shaft is such a stupid name for a boss. But anyway, that's what you need to do. If you're going for the ending, you will do this automatically. The wolves have all gone. Defeat Richter without using the holy glasses. Now, this is the first ending, guys. This one is a 24.3% rare trophy. Um, basically, get to the end of the first castle and defeat Richter. Easy enough to do. Flip it and reverse it. Defeat Richter using the holy glasses. And unlock the inverted castle. God, those things take ages to scroll across. Okay, this one is a 40.4% rare trophy. Now, this is where that last boss comes in, the succubus. You need to defeat her, and you also need to get the other goal, uh, the silver ring, uh, from a spiked tunnel um, across, across the other side of the castle, guys. Once you have these two items, if you read them together, they some, say something like, where in the clock tower, something like that. Um, so go to the clock tower, which is central to the castle, wear those items and you will open up a new route um, and you will go and talk to Maria. She will attack you uh, so you can prove your worth and after that she gives you the holy glasses. Now, when you go and fight Richter again, um, you can do this after you fought him the first time so it's okay, but when you go and fight him again, wear these glasses and you will see an orb floating above his head. Attack the orb and not Richter. Once you do that and defeat the orb, you will unlock the inverted castle. Lisa, forgive me. Defeat Dracula in the inverted castle. 26.7% rare trophy. Easy enough. The game is not too difficult, I have to say. Um, it may take a few hours. I think it took me about 12 hours altogether, to be fair, to uh, get 100% and all that kind of thing. But again, we'll talk more about that when those trophies come up. Uh, shafted. 
play as Richter and defeat Shaft in the inverted castle. Now, this is probably the hardest trophy in the game, guys. Uh, Richter has a lot of really good moves. Um, he has a jump that is, takes him very high up in the air and gives him a few frames of invincibility. That is a very useful move. Um, I followed a guide uh, just to see what the best route was. But basically, when you complete the game um, and defeat Dracula as Alucard, um, if you put in Richter as, uh, as your name you will start the game again using Richter. Now, pretty much you can go anywhere in the game. There are no locked doors or anything like that, guys, so don't worry about that. Nothing is gated, nothing is blocked off. It's just find the best route and get there as quick as you can. Now, the route I took, there's a section near the end of it where you have to string about five or six special moves over a spike pit to get there. Um, it took a very long time to do that and much swearing I have to say but apart from that it's not too difficult really and defeating Shaft is easy just keep your um, it's a bottle I'm not sure if it's holy water or something like that keep that and you have the same crash move that you have in Rondo of Blood i.e. press triangle you do the super super move with the item so if you do that on Shaft sounds really dodgy but if you do that on Shaft, you will defeat him pretty much straight away. Anyway, not sure if I said, but that is a very rare 6.2% trophy. To forgive Divine, visit the confessional in the Royal Chambers or Royal Chapel. A common trophy, 50.6%. I did this one by accident, guys. I was just running around the castle and I went into that room and I sat in the chair. Um, I think he automatically sits in the chair, but as soon as you do that, the trophy does unlock. School of Hard Knocks, Surprise the Master Librarian. This one is a 30.1% rare trophy. In the library, there is the librarian. He's sat in a room on his own. Um, underneath his chair, there is a shaft into another room, um, which you can uh, go into. Now, I'm really hoping this guy doesn't have a hole in the bottom of his seat and just decides to go where he sits. But that's certainly what it seems like. But anyway... Basically, you stand in that shaft, and when you get your uh, special jump, um, which just lets you shoot straight up into the air, um, you do that through that shaft, hit him in the arse, and knock him into the air, and that will give you your trophy. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Defeat all three of the denizens of Oz. This is a rare 33.7% trophy, guys. Easy to do in the inverted castle library. Just go through, you will have the lion, the tin man, and the scarecrow. You will have to defeat these. They're just, um, they're not bosses or anything, guys. They're just uh, characters based on the Wizard of Oz. Lethargy of Dischair. Relax in a chair long enough to catch some Zs. This is a rare 20.6% trophy, guys. Easy enough. Uh, again, in the library. There's a big chair, sit in it for long enough, and Alucard will go to sleep. Bat friends forever. Make friends with the Bat Familiar. This is a rare 27.4% trophy. When you get the Bat Familiar, guys, um, he will follow you around. He will do certain attacks for you and help you out. Um, there are a few familiars, um, you know, but only a couple are trophy-related. Now, the Bat one, if you turn into the Bat... Uh, once you have the power to turn into a bat, guys, if you do that when you have your bat familiar equipped, he will fall in love with you. And when you turn back into Alucard, he looks rather despondent. He has a question mark above his head wondering, where has my date gone? 
Um, so, you know, easy enough to do that, guys. Aria of Sorrow. Hear the song of the Fairy Familiar. This is an 11.9% very rare trophy. There are two Fairy Familiars. One is Fairy, I'm not sure how you say it, F-A-E-R-Y, I think it's spelled. And the other one is the normal type of Fairy, which is F-A-I-R-Y. Now, you need to do it with that second one, guys. Once you've unlocked that one, once you've found the card or the orb or whatever it is that you need to unlock it, equip it. Keep fighting until it gets up to level 5, and then go and sit in a chair again. Again, it's a chair, and she will sit on your shoulder and start singing a song. Um, uh, an actual song starts playing here, guys, and it's actually quite good, to be fair. A bird's life. View the circle of life underneath the castle. This is a 15.9% rare trophy. Now... When you get to the outer wall of the castle, you can drop down into a room. There is a telescope there. Um, it's basically underslung on the castle. Um, a bird comes flying across and lands in a nest. If you wait long enough for the animation to finish, it will fly away, leaving some eggs. So go out of the room, drop back in again, come back. Um, there are some chicks. The bird will come back again and... Uh, do an next uh, phase of animation um, and then after that do it again and the birds will be a bit bigger do it again and they will eventually fly the nest and you will get a bird's life trophy chock full successfully eat a peanut this is a very rare 14.3 percent trophy um, easy enough guys once you have a peanut um, you need to equip it and use it and press up at the same time so you eat it it only gives you one health point but um, that is another little hidden secret thing in the game. Um, Alucard actually sits up at, or looks up and catches the peanut in his mouth. Running on schmooze control. Obtain the Chrysogrim weapon. This is a rare 24.1% trophy. Again, inverted library, guys. There is a character called a schmoo. Um, and if you... Uh, farm it for long enough um, it will drop this weapon called the Chrysogrim and this weapon is so ridiculously overpowered it's ridiculous guys two ridiculouses in one sentence sorry about that uh, good English um, and basically it will attack as much as you can press the button so you just keep pressing your attack button you will wipe anything out including bosses um, really quickly Whip first, axe questions later. Become an axe knight. This is a rare 16.8% trophy. Um, easy enough with this one, guys. Just put in axe armor as your name and you will start the game as an axe knight. That will give you your trophy straight away. So you could technically do that before you did anything else. Make it rain. Literally make money using the dual sword. This is a rare 19.4% trophy. Once you have the dual sword, guys, uh, do a Hadouken type move, a Street Fighter move. So down on the joypad, down and forward and forward um, in one fluid motion. Press your attack button and you will chuck money out. Each sword in the game has its own hidden special attack, guys. So it is worth looking at some of these. Dracula. Collect and equip the full Alucard set. 22.0% rare trophy. This is in the clock room, guys. Um, the clock room has a few exits. The first one is timed. Um, every minute it will open. The second one, you need to find the clock uh, secondary weapon and use that in the room. 
this will uh, allow the uh, right side of the room to open up and if you jump up there you will get your Alucard set. So get that, equip it and uh, the trophy is yours. Oh god, it's Dawn of the Dead. Summon each Dawn Warrior at least once. This is a 13.3% very rare trophy. There is a sword you get in the game. I can't remember what the sword's called. It's not called the Dawn Sword. Um, so I do apologise. But when you get that sword, do what I just said. Your special type move. Um, you will summon a different type of warrior each time. There, I think there are four or five. Um, but keep doing it and you will eventually summon every single one. Technicolor Dreams. Equip Joseph's Cloak and set custom uh, colours for Alucard. This is a rare 19.8% trophy, guys. Um, you need to buy this cloak from the librarian and wear it. Once you equip it, it gives you some more options in your options menu. Um, change the colour of the cloak and that trophy is yours. Wish I was a baller. Equip the secret boots to make Alucard uh, a bit taller. This is a rare 30.7% trophy, guys. These boots will make Alucard exactly one pixel taller which does screw up some attacks some attacks you can't duck under because you are too tall so just do that for this trophy and that's it guys portrait of muin summon a cow using the shield rod uh, a rare 17.4 percent trophy uh, if you have the shield rod equipped or the mablung sword i did it with the shield rod guys um you uh, equip that in your attack hand or off hand, whichever, and the leather shield in the other hand. Press both buttons together, guys, and you will summon a cow. No idea what the point of it is. I think it boosts your defense a little bit for some reason. Scientific progress goes boink. Purchase the duplicator. This is a very rare 7.5% trophy. Now, this one, guys, it costs 500,000. Um, on this version of the game, there are no cheats to do it. There used to be a cheat where you could use the uh, Sword Familiar to get infinite money, but not anymore. They patched it out a while back. So, what you need to do is head down or up to the cavern area of the Inverted Castle, um, which is on the right side of the map. And there is a bag that has 2,000 coins in it. Uh, basically destroy that bag, run to the end of the hallway, uh, go out of the room, then go back into the room, destroy the bag, run to the end of the hallway, go out the room, come back into the room. You get the idea, guys. It is a grind, it takes a while, but, you know, just do what I do. Stick a podcast on to listen to and uh, you, you'll be alright. Spelling B. Cast each of all your cards spells at least once. This is a very rare 14% trophy, guys. Um, very easy to do, you do not need to purchase the spells or anything like that, just go online, look at the spell list and copy them. Um, it's a weird one that guys, once you've done the spell it's clusters uh, being done and it is in your little spell list, so do not purchase them from the library guy, because I did and that cost me about 8000 or something and that could have gone towards my duplicator, but I didn't know that at the time. Vampire's Greatest Hits, obtain all the transformation relics and power-ups. As you go around the game, you will get relics to transform into mist, wolf and bat. 
Um, and then you will get other relics that give you powers like Toxic Mist, uh, the ability to be missed for as long as you want, the ability to shoot fireballs as a bat, and the ability to run really fast as the wolf. So just work your way around the castle. If you're going for the next trophy, which is Map Legend, this is obtain 200.6% map completion. This is a 9.6% very rare trophy guide. Um, you know, you, you'll get all, you'll get every other trophy really, guys, if you're doing this. Um, some areas can be a little bit tricky to find. Uh, one area, there is a switch that only the, uh, I think it's a demon or an imp familiar can hit. So keep an eye out for that one, guys. Um, take your time and you'll find everything but if not there are good reference maps and photos online that you can uh, look at to see what you've missed from axe knight to zombie uh fill up the uh bestiary um the librarian gives you a bestiary um that makes a note of every creature that you have killed you don't even have to kill them you just have to hit them um, as long as you've hit it you're okay there are four missable creatures including the warg at the beginning and the mudman now the mudman is the only enemy that i miss guys it's dropped by a lesser demon or called forth by a lesser demon in the library um and i miss that one but luckily there are four enemies that you can miss and it will not penalize you for them that was one of them so luckily i did manage to get this trophy that one guys is an 18.7 percent rare trophy and the last trophy on this game, guys. Finish what Kid Dracula started. Defeat Gallimoth, ruler of space. This is a rare 28.3% trophy. He is really the big boss in the game, guys. He's huge, has a lot of hits. But all I did, guys, was I had the Chrysogim sword and I just stood as close to him as I could, pressed the attack button as much as I could, and I eventually got this trophy. So, that is Symphony of the Night. If you do that along with Rondo of Blood, you will get a nice shiny platinum for your collection. Um, great games, both of them. Symphony of the Night is the better game, I have to say. Um, but yeah, that's it for this week, guys. Hope that was okay. As always, Sidders1978 on the PSN, at Sydney on the Twitter. I always have to think about that. Or through the Trophy Horse Facebook group, or Sid at Proven Gamer on the email. Um, so yeah, Symphony of the Night, episode 56. Hope that was okay. I will talk to you again soon, guys. Take it easy and keep getting those trophies. Bye. All right, well, thank you, Sid. Absolutely. That will, us, that will round up another episode of Sophie's Trophies. Hope you all... Sophie's Trophies. Sophie's Trophies. Hope you all found that informative and enjoyable. Sid always does a great job with that segment and certainly does a better job of you know helping you through your trophies than yield and i do when we just complain about broken trophies or or whatnot so thank you sid for another enlightening episode of st sophie's trophies so we don't really have a topic of the week we just kind of want to talk about the playstation's birthday the fifth birthday as well as black friday and what we did for that so right about now we are going to bring episode 368 to a close by cleaning this shit up and doing some housekeeping. Let's clean this shit up. Clean it up double time, baby. So, uh, double we, up. As, we, as always, are looking for help. If you have talent as a writer, podcaster, video editor, or news reporter, 
please let us know. You can go to the front page, front page of ProvenGamer.com. There's a little help wanted tab up there, and all you gotta do is click on that and follow all the prompts. Tricky will hopefully get back to you as soon as he possibly can. If you like the content here in our of our podcast, you should go to ProvenGamer.com and check out all of our articles as well as our channel on Twitch TV. That channel is twitch.tv backslash ProvenGamer. The P is capitalized and the G is capitalized. So, capital P-R-R-O-V-E-N, capital G-A-M-E-R. I don't really know. I don't use Twitch that much, so I don't really know if the capitalization matters, but do it that way so so we don't uh, get lost among the Twitch first. You can contact contact us at Twitter. The you can contact contact us. I'm stumbling over a lot of words. I'm not even drunk. What what the <laughs> fuck is this? You can contact Proven Gamer at at Proven Gamer. We also have our own respective Twitters, although I don't really use mine very much. I'm at Sondasaurus Rex. Yield is at I Yield to No One. Steve is at Batchild27. Tricky's at Tricky Mick. And what what is Sid's? Is it Sid Durney? Oh, he sent us a message. Yes, he literally called us out on Facebook for not being able to get his um, his username correct. Also, we aged him way too much. I I will I will pull it up. If I can find it. It's probably it right there. Sidderney. S-I-D-D-E-R-N-E-Y. Got it right. Indeed. Yeah, sorry, I aged it a little bit too much for his PSN ID. But... You can contact us on Twitter. You can also contact us by email, trophyhorrors at provengamer.com. Yield, if they want to call us, because they don't like email, and phones are just so accessible, what can they call us? What number can they call us on? You can call us at 330-PROVEN-9, 330-776-8369. I'll tell you, folks, he probably didn't even read that off the agenda. Nope. No, he didn't. He got that down. For better or worse, that number is implanted in his brain forever. Ever. Ever. Yep. If you like Trophy Horrors, why don't you listen to our other podcast, PG Spoilers, which comes out every once in a while, apparently. I don't even know if that show that was recorded within the last two months was released. But PG Spoilers, kind of a more community-involved podcast where... Fans of or you know listeners or readers of Proven Gamer can get together and do a PG spoilers on any game that um, that they've played or finished. We've also got the Nintendo Dual Screens with Steven and Andy, as well as the Game Stuff podcast. How can you get a hold of these podcasts? Well, you can get a hold of these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes, as well as Stitcher, your various podcast apps, Google Play, TuneIn, and you can listen to. Nintendo Dual Screens and Trophy Horse on iHeartRadio and Spotify. Please review us and subscribe. Yield, we've got a couple of PlayStation, well, a triad of PlayStation 4 communities. How about you tell our listeners about those? So, the site has a website called Proven Gamer. Uh, the show, Trophy Horse, has a community called T-Dubs Brothel because where else do horse hang out? But at the brothel. But 
We can't put down Trophy Horse because Shuhei won't let us say horse. Even if you try to space it, even if you put asterisks, change the letters around, put a three as an E, whatever. Can't do it. We'll forgive him because he's Shuhei Yoshida. Yes. Also... You'll point this out on another episode, but we 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 made a club to try to do the, uh, the trophies for the most recent update in Rocket League, and we couldn't even name it uh, or the game server Trophy Horse. No, we couldn't. We tried, and I have one called the Platinum Guild. If you want to come, place your latest plat- post your latest platinum. That's the place to do it. I posted my latest platinum, Flipping Death. He on did the Platinum Guild. He did. Number 100. Woo-woo! Officially number 100. Officially. So, sponsors. So, we know that a lot of you love to shop on Amazon. You probably did a lot of Black Friday shopping on Amazon, and you're probably going to be looking at Amazon sales for Cyber Monday. It's just so easy to shop from there. Before you go to Amazon.com, go to ProvenGamer.com, go to the front page, and on the right side of the page click on the link to amazon that helps us tremendously more than we can tell you it'll take you straight to amazon it's one extra step but it gets you right to where you need to be in your shopping and it helps us out so please before you go straight to amazon.com go to proven gamer first and click the link which will take you to all your shopping goodness we also have a patreon and again yield uh i'm gonna um have tricky write something up for this or do something for this because you and I really don't know what the Patreon is. No, that's kind of all him. Yeah. We're also sponsored by Extra Life. Extra Life, as you know, took place on November 3rd of this year. Uh, It's an annual charity event run to benefit the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. You can go to extra-life.org to sign up for next year. Although a date hasn't been determined yet, you can also still raise money until the end of this year. Uh, once we get a date for that, we will certainly for next year for 2019. We will certainly share that with you. But for now, um, all you need to know is you can go to extra-life.org for more information. Basically, you're going to sign up to uh, play on a team, create a team, or go solo. Then you'll um, pick a Children's Miracle Network hospital to represent, and then from there, collect donations or sponsorships for your 24-hour marathon. But as always, you need to tell people that 100% of the donations that they give you for your marathon will go to the Children's Miracle Network Hospital that you have opted to represent. Play Games Heal Kids is the Play Games Heal Kids is the tagline for Extra Life. It's the motto, and there's no better example of a win-win situation than that. We are also involved with Humble Bundle, a partnership with Humble Bundle, which, if you don't know, is a charity initiative initiative that allows people to pay what they want for bundles of games. The more you pay, the better stuff you get. So you can set your price very low and get a bundle of games for very cheap. But if you pay more, you know we're not talking like sixty dollars, hundred dollars. We're talking you know fifteen, twenty dollars, money of which goes to charity. If you pay that, you can get special incentives like extra games or soundtracks or um, art, uh, concept art from the game. So you definitely want to um, go and. Uh, We've always got the link for Humble Bundle in the uh, summary for the show, so you can always click there, or you can go to HumbleBundle.com to check out what they've got up for this this month. They've, I'm currently looking at eight different bundles, 
So go to humblebundle.com again, charity initiative. Your donate, your the money you pay for these games goes to charity, and also you get a lot of good games, a lot of quality games. You can usually pick up four or five games for less than twenty bucks, so that's definitely a great deal too. So we are definitely uh, proud to be partnered with Humble Bundle. Well, Guild, I believe that's going to bring us to the end of the show. Before we leave, as always, we're going to do our shout-outs. Shout-outs! How about you do some shout-outs? So, I'm first off, I'm going to give a shout-out to my wife, who, who helped me fix, and it's going to sound really weird, I've got this inflatable penguin Christmas decoration. I've had this thing for, oh, probably going on 15 years. And last winter... I, one of the snaps broke. So I'm like, man, how am I going to fix this? You know? So we were, uh, I was trying to figure out how to fix it. Kind of was going to go to the hardware store. And she's like, you know what? I think I got something. I'm like, all right. Sure enough, by golly, it was what, what, like a little snappering and fit perfectly. And I was like, that's totally awesome. I wouldn't have thought of that. So shout out to her. Give a shout out to you all the pimps and the madams of the whoredom for downloading the show, listening, interacting with us on social medias, and even when you hang out with us and play a game or two, that's very much appreciative. Uh, shout out to Alex this week for hosting and recording. A shout out to Sid for always bringing the awesome that is Sophie's Trophies and just whooping that trick in the platinum count. And a shout-out to Tricky and Steven, who wasn't able to be here tonight. I'm sure they were here in spirit. And a shout-out to all the good video game deals this past Black Friday, beginning of holiday shopping weekend. It was really good. I got some. Got some good stuff for, for gifts. So, yeah. I think that'll do it for me this week. Oh! And a shout-out to my Buckeyes for whooping that team up north. I couldn't be a happier camper. Well, I, I wonder if you I, were going to mention that. I, I, I would have been happier had the Bengals not stunk it up, but, you know, you, you can't have everything. I'm happy with the, with the Buckeyes win. Can't win them all, Yield, especially nope. when the Bengals are playing. Nope, can't win them all. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Oh, was that Dennis Green? That was Denny Green. Oh, I love me some Denny Green. Not even Minnesota Vikings Denny Green. It was Arizona, Arizona Cardinals, Cardinals Denny, Green. Denny Green. Not the best Denny Green. No, no. Viking was the best Denny Green, but that was that was his best line. And that game, oh, I actually watched that game. Oh, I felt so bad for him. Anyway, that'll do me for this week. Well, as always, I want to give a shout-out to our listeners, our fans, the fuel to the fire that is Trophy Horrors. Again, we want to thank you all every week for spending time with us. We know that your time is precious, and you know time is a very important resource. So we appreciate that you spend some time with us every single week, because without you all, this show would not be here. I also want to give a shout-out to the Kentucky Wildcats for whipping the hell out of the Louisville Cardinals in football. Hell yeah. yeah. Don't see that very often. Going on to a bowl game. Give a shout-out to Yield for recording with me, as well as a shout-out to those who could not be here, Stephen and Tricky, as well as Troy. Shout-out to Troy oh, in a while. Yeah, no, His we, name's in the intro. No, we haven't, shout out no, to we Troy. haven't done it. Oh, so horrible. Such a bad host. 
And, of course, a shout-out to the king of Platinums, Sid, who also was, was giving me a little bit of a pep talk because I told him it's like, I was I was texting with Sid and I was like, is there a game that you can't get a Platinum in, Sid? And he immediately texted back, Vanquish. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Because, I, you know, I got to the, the final challenge. Sid said he couldn't even get to past the first challenge. So, you know, the fact that Sid, you know, being as, uh, he's got the Platinum Trophy in Batman Arkham City, for God's sakes. Um, so the fact that he, you know, threw me a bone and said, hey man, you're doing pretty good, made me, made me feel better about myself. So, big shout out to Sid for that. And last but not least, oh, give a shout out to Target for, for having oh, one yes. more Mario one Kart more. bundle that we could get. Also going to give a shout out to my lovely girlfriend Ashley, who is by hook or by crook going to make me play—not make me play, but open up my eyes and uh, get me to uh, to play some Mario, some Super Mario Odyssey, or The Legend of Zelda, uh, Breath of the Wild. Or she's just going to give me shit about it, which you know is just fine too. We all need a good ribbon from our significant other every now and again. I recommend but, Breath of the Wild. Hmm. Yes. I'm sure you and everybody else would, too. <laughs> I haven't played it, but, I'm, you know, being the Zelda guy, Breath of the Wild. But but Ashley is helping me build a list of games to play, and we just had a, our fantastic first Thanksgiving. We survived Black Friday, and we're looking forward to Christmas with the kids. Hopefully a white Christmas. It can snow on Christmas and Christmas Eve. No other time snow can fuck off other than that. Oh, no, but, no, I gotta have it snow on my birthday. And then on Christmas. But we are very much looking forward to our first Christmas together and just giving, like, like seeing the look on the kids' faces when they come downstairs and, like, seeing the the uh, the tree with all the presents underneath it. Like, I have nephews and nieces that I've, you know, given presents to and, like, been there when they open things. But I've never, like, had um, the responsibility of looking after two kids and, like, coming, like, being downstairs when they come, tear down the stairs looking to open up some presents on Christmas morning. So that's really going to be an amazing thing uh, for me. Uh, Ashley's seen it before, but I'm sure it never gets old um, to see kids rip open packages. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to our first Christmas together. Awesome. And with that. So that is going to bring us to the end of Trophy Horse episode 368. Trophy Horse, your favorite show called Trophy Horse, and your favorite show about trophy hunting. Hopefully. Hopefully. I'm Alex, and I have been recording with Yield over there, my partner in this dynamic duo of podcasting. And until next time, happy trophy hunting. Gobble, gobble. Peace out. Trophy whores. Trophy whores. Trophy whores. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. <laughs> <laughs>